0: I think what influences me to keep positive is actually just knowing that the stories I'm telling about my alopecia and the awareness I'm making will eventually reach someone that needs to hear it and that drive that, you know, someone out there is going to benefit from what I'm saying and what I'm preaching about self-love and, yeah, being influenced by yourself.
1: Welcome to the Silent Elephant Project podcast, where we have conversations with everyday people living with life-limiting health conditions. We are not claiming to be specialists, but we are offering a therapeutic space to build a dialogue around marginalized health themes, giving you the opportunity to listen in. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the Everyday People Talking About Health podcast. My name is Ellen, as you all might remember. I did an episode with Kundwani based on me, but this time it's my turn to take the hosting range, and I'm joined by the lovely Faith. Hello, so happy to be here. Fun fact, we've actually known each other for, like, ten years. Me and Faith went to school together, actually, um, and we never crossed paths in school because of the way the school was structured. Then we end up going to the same uni, and again, we're on completely different courses, but I had quite a few mutual friends who were like, Do "Mm -hmm." you know... Faith. and yeah. I was like, I do know Faith, we went to school, school. I don't <laughs> yeah. know Faith. And then the perfect opportunity came up to interview you for this project. And here we are. So Faith, would you be able to tell us about yourself and what you do?
0: Yes, so I have alopecia, so I'm completely bald, my eyebrows, my eyelashes are completely gone, no head hair, even though randomly my eyebrows have just started to come back but I have a feeling they're gonna fall out because the symptoms are showing again which I can get into later. Um, I am a dancer and a fire performer and I also do, um, I'm a gym assistant as well and do gym um, classes from dance fitness to just starting cycle as well. Um, So
1: yeah, that's me. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about your diagnosis story? Um, Let's start with alopecia and the diagnosis of that so i was 10 years old and my mum
0: was drying my hair i think it was a sunday night getting ready for primary school at the time i was 10 and um she noticed three bald patches so one above each ear and one at the back of my head and she thought that i'd been pulling my hair out or just messing with my hair and that was what caused the baldness but we went to the doctors anyway and they Told me that I had alopecia, and they went on and showed me lots of photos and images of bald men and bald women, and basically said if you don't stop stressing, this is what your result will be, and this is what alopecia is. So it's quite traumatizing learning that at ten years old, um, and I don't think they knew much either, or there wasn't many cases. I didn't know anyone else with alopecia at the time, so that's how I was diagnosed with it, and then we just kind of dealt with it from covering up as much as we could
1: what would you say motivated you when you were like getting diagnosed to like carry on and like push through and yeah what was your main source of motivation would you say so I think when I was 10 and then obviously like 11
0: 12 13 14 ish that's when a lot of my alopecia story Kind of stems from it was a lot of uh, the catch 22 it would grow out it would fall out it would grow it would fall out it would grow again and fall out so that was constant throughout the whole five years up until i was 19 when i did the big get rid of it all but i think what kept me going when i was younger was to cover it up really and just the hope that i could keep covering it up so no one would know and so i could keep hiding it And I mean, my family were an absolute rock throughout the whole process. Uh, I had such a good support system with me. My best friend came with me to my first wig try on. It was the first big thing that had kind of like medically that had hit us as a family anyway. So it was a big learning curve for everyone and my parents especially on how to cope and deal themselves and how to keep going. Yeah, but I think I had a lot of hobbies as well. Like I was swimming, I was dancing. I don't think I ever had any free time after school. I was always very busy, so I never had a chance to think about it. It was just always there and we'd always manage to cover it up. If not with headbands and grips, then it was with a wig eventually. So yeah, I think what kept me going was knowing I could hide it. And then eventually what kept me going was I actually channeled all that frustration and, like that, that energy of being annoyed with it all just channeled it into my dancing and that's what made me forget about everything else. Like that art form and how you can just explore within that and forget everything. And yeah, like you've just got your studio and your dance moves and Everyone's comparing dance moves rather than comparing how you look in your face.
1: You mentioned before about like how you were hiding it. Would you want to change that at all and like become a bit more accepting of it earlier on, or are you just kind of a trust the process kind of gal?
0: Yeah, well, I always thought that, like everything happens for a reason, but. There's things that happen that I'm like that wasn't necessary. Like that didn't need to happen for any reason at all. um And I was one of those that was like trust the process. But I think looking back, I, I definitely could have accepted it sooner. But I think it's just I mean when you're that age, you've got so much going on like hormonal wise, meeting new people wise. You know, I wanted to be worrying about like makeup and spots and skincare and how to style my hair. And instead it was all about how do I look the part and fit in? So I think my almost teenage years were quite different to in general, really. But I don't think I would change anything because it's, I've, I do always say that everything that's happened has made me who I am today. And all those experiences that I've had, I've managed to grow upon and, and pass on to other people. Uh, and answer their questions around like dancing with a wig or like how to do your eyebrows with, with like little to no money, like in the cheapest form. I could have accepted it more and been a bit kinder to myself and used kinder words to myself. Um, because you know, you're you are your biggest critic in general, but um. Yeah, I think everything happened so I could be here today and have this much confidence now.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, like, you mentioned briefly about your family being like, a huge like support network. Are you an only child? No, so I have two younger sisters. How did they, deal, like, especially if they were younger than you, how did they deal with it? So, I was just their
0: biggest sister, really. There's me, who is naturally ginger, the middle one who is brunette and the youngest, who's also ginger. So um, there was times where the middle one would try on my wigs and so we'd have three gingers. But there's times that in arguments and things, it was merely me and my middle sister, we would like butt heads really. And she'd call me Baldy. Uh, as, like, a dig to get at me, and I know at the time it actually didn't offend me at all because I wasn't bald, so I didn't see myself as a baldy, and I knew it was just ways because we were arguing and being kids but I remember putting crocodile tears on because I knew that it's a word that probably should hurt me, but it's not, like I didn't associate myself with that. So I didn't take offense to it, but otherwise they were just kind of like, oh, this is my big sister. They didn't see me any differently. And even now they just, you know, we joke we joke about our hair all the time and that's I think my coping mechanism was to joke about it so they would catch on with that as well. But they were as supportive as they could be, being younger and probably not knowing what's going on, but they weren't as exposed to it as I was and my mum or my dad was with me.
1: So I believe you also have celiac disease. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about the diagnosis of celiac? I feel like the thing with celiac, as a fellow celiac, everyone's celiac experience is so different, like, because the symptoms are so far-ranging. Like, I think some people can have, like, the worst symptoms in the world, but then other people can just have, like, eczema or whatever. Like a little tummy ache, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So...
0: I actually don't know how long I've been celiac for, because obviously celiac is an autoimmune condition, which is the exact same as alopecia, and autoimmune conditions come in pairs, so if you've got one, you've most likely got another, and they'll kind of interfere with each other and disrupt each other, or that's what I found with mine anyway. But I was told I had celiac disease when I think I was 16, 17 years old. We were on holiday, all-inclusive holiday, and obviously all-inclusive, all the foods kind of in the same stuff which we didn't think anything of however this holiday apparently i looked like a ghost and i'm already pretty pale in general but i just i was washed out i had no color on my face i was remember being very tired and lethargic and just putting it down to the sun but even when we were home it was the exact same and i just remember feeling very like Heavy and like bloated, more so than general, which I think just stemmed from all the like all inclusive food cooked in the same oils and things like that. So everything was cross contaminated uh, with gluten. But yeah, we just went in generals for a blood test, and they did everything from iron because I know in the past I've, I've been iron deficient. They checked me for being diabetic, every absolutely everything, celiac, lactose, all of it. I remember going to the blood test place, and I was in in the seat with my blood being taken for a good minute. You know, like it felt it felt like a lifetime and. She was taking all this blood and I was thinking, goodness me, am I not going to pass out in a minute? Because there's, there's a lot going on here. Uh, and the, the woman taking it was apologising so much. And I was used to blood tests anyway, so I was like, let's just get this over with. Like, let's just find out what is going on with me. But yeah, I went back and um, probably a week later, whenever they get the results in, and they told me that my bloods were screaming high for having celiac disease. Uh, and yeah, I think I was 16 because they wanted me to go for a biopsy as well. So that they could then do further research on it. And I think because I was so young, that's why they wanted me to go for like more samples and things like that. Uh, We thought it doesn't hurt to know uh, anyway. So they told me to cut off gluten. So I did for about six weeks. We then went to a gastro, what are they called? Gastro? astroenterologist that's it them long words but yeah went to one of them and they told me that i shouldn't i shouldn't have stopped eating gluten i need to start eating gluten again so they could fully see what's going on to which i felt all the symptoms like 10 times more like i actually felt like my tummy was hurting like muscle aches and joint aches i remember but i was never physically ill it was just like feeling very bloated and a very hard stomach and then obviously went for the biopsy And then as soon as I had my biopsy, I actually went and inhaled 20 chicken nuggets from McDonald's and that was my last like full on gluten moment. (laughs) So, I mean, that's how you've got to do it after a biopsy, that's all I'm
1: saying. (laughs) (laughs) So what impact would you say that your health has had on your wider elements of life? So health-wise,
0: much better. I found that when I went not eating gluten my hair was that started to grow back in terms of like relationships and meeting people, my boyfriend that I've got at the moment, he has a nut allergy and a citrus allergy. So us eating out, we get like manager treatment, they hate us. Honestly, we're like the worst customers in the restaurant. They're think that over there thinking, that table, the guy with the glasses and that bald girl, just don't go near them. Um, yeah, they don't like us when we eat out. But in terms of my hair... Um, Yeah, I've surrounded myself with people that are very supportive. Um, My partner as well, as soon as he met me, he said straight away, he was like, he doesn't imagine me with hair, he can see me bald, uh, which is one of the first things he said to me when I told him I had alopecia. Then anyone I see now, they can't imagine me in a wig at all. So when I show them a photo, it's like, no, that's somebody else, that's your twin, because that's not you. So, (laughs) But um, health wise, yeah, I think a positive impact. Obviously, some struggles here and there. Uh, like, a few times I've not eaten at particular restaurant, or a few times when the weather's too sunny, I've worn my wig because I don't want to wear sun cream. So there's always ways to get around it, yeah. <laughs> That's
1: how I've kind of coped with it all. I'm not a fan of sun cream either. I could be that. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. I know. <laughs> Why do you think that it's important for people to know about your health experiences and what specifically has motivated you to start talking about it on social media? It's just awareness, you
0: know. I I still now get a lot of stares and it's curiosity over everything and I find myself getting shocked when people know it's alopecia and it's like I'm actually so happy you know and that you don't think I'm just some... Like just shave my head for the lols you know. Which some people do, and I applaud that. Like go for it. I just think people need to stop judging so much, you know. People have an opinion on everything today, and in terms of how you look, it should be down to you, you know. I I didn't choose to be bald, you know. I've just embraced it because they were the cause dealt to me. So yeah, and in terms of celiac and, being gluten intolerant. I think it's just again awareness that if you feel awful, like get to the bottom of it. Find out what's wrong. It might be it might be IBS, it might be lactose, it might be gluten, it might be it could be like, I don't I don't know, something really small in a piece of chicken that you're allergic to. It's better to know than to keep going and feeling awful in yourself. But I think my motivation for my more alopecia awareness that I do currently, and is always ongoing. You know, my one way I raise awareness is that I don't wear wigs anymore. I've got quite an active lifestyle anyway, so it just doesn't fit into that. And also, I'm quite comfortable in my bald head. Um, my sister today even asked me, like, if my hair would grow back, would I keep it? And I said no because I've got I've got no positive experiences with my hair, so I think that's why I'm so. I'd like to think I'm quite motivational and and I'm open about being bold because, you know, there's so many positives and yes, there's negatives but there's so many positives and I want to show that it's not all negative that you can get through it and, you know, it's beautiful you know, even if you think that it's not it, it is, it's very striking and it shows who you are as a person as well so yeah
1: Yeah, it is very beautiful. And, like, you pull it off so well. I I know, like, uh, as we said before, I've not really been... I've, I've known you for like ten years, but like we've never really known each other until mm-hmm. like we started chatting for this. But like it has been so amazing to see you kind of like come to terms with it. Because yeah. like, I remember in school, obviously we didn't know each other in school. I think mm-hmm. if we knew each other in school, like we would be a force of regret. Oh with. my gosh, I know. <laughs> so I feel like we must have been going through like a lot of the same kind of issues. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we were just in load on it. We're just, yeah.
1: But it's been nice to, like, watch you come to terms with it. And, like, yeah, even, like, throughout school, like, it just, yeah. To see where you've come, I feel very proud, which is very cringe. And (laughs) we still get on to next question. What would you say you're most passionate about at the moment? And then, like, what has been the thing the different things that like at various points in time that have like been your passion and your drive so
0: i think at the moment i've always been passionate about raising awareness of alopecia i've always wanted to do that um, and being a public speaker i remember being in high school thinking i just want to out myself and like tell everyone in assembly but i did not have the confidence at the age to do that. But I remember wanting the confidence and drive to do that, even at that age. So I think slowly, every time I've told people about my alopecia, it's been on a bigger platform. So it started off by a teacher just telling a class in my school to then me posting a photo on social media to then me actually doing a performance about my alopecia and pulling my wig off on stage to then me being open to do that absolutely whenever. So, and then obviously going out bold and talking not openly about my alopecia
1: experiences. Why is it that you think that dance and fitness? has kind of become your outlet for expression. And why do you think you've kind of cottoned on to that so much, would you say? I think more fitness now
0: is because of my boyfriend. He's really into his fitness and bodybuilding and things like that. So I think that aspect does come from him. And that's why I actually started going to a gym in the first place. But I think dance, it was more like, that sure space you don't have to be anybody else but yourself so there was nowhere to hide it was just you and the studio and your movement and self-expression that way and there was no right or wrong and also my I mean my dance training in general has gone from being very strict to very disciplined to being very on point and being right or wrong to now being much more for enjoyment so the classes I teach now such as dance fitness and hip-hop and now soon I'll be teaching contemporary and hip-hop in a different dance school as well it's much more for enjoyment rather than to please someone it's somebody else it's more for yourself and it's personal and I know I used my dance when I was younger as a way to escape so that's why I still use that now and in terms of fitness obviously working in the gym that's where the fitness element comes in. And I also like to think that people are already going to stare at me bald. So I want to have muscles now and I want to look cool, I want to look good. So um, <laughs> that's why I also uh, i am into the fitness industry now. So, yeah, and I think that's just stemmed um, from my dance fitness and then more opportunities that have come with the gym that I'm with at the moment. But I think in general, I've got quite an active lifestyle and I think that's what keeps me going anyway. I think I find it easy as well because I can just wipe the sweat off my head and I'm all sorted for the day and um, I think that's why I enjoy it as well because it's quite I can easily mold it into my daily routine
1: <laughs> yeah I know for me like I find a lot of my health things are kind of like stopping me from dating and like finding I don't know how you found your health stuff in regard to dating and like before you found the both it
0: was a journey to say the least
1: so I didn't meet
0: anyone in public Uh, you know like I met a few people at clubs but they're never there for a long time are they I wasn't interested in like a flitting relationship like I wanted a relationship because I thought my hair's messed me about so much a boy is not going to do the same that was my thought process anyway I did a lot of the online dating, so I downloaded Tinder and Bumble, but again, this was first year of university, so all my friends were also on it, and we did it as a big laugh, really. And I had a few people that did block me when they found out that I wore a wig. I had one guy say he can't imagine running his hand through my hair because he'd just feel my scalp. And I was like, "Um, if you think you're going anywhere near me, then think again. Like, you're not gonna have that opportunity anyway, so I don't know why you're thinking of that. But then when I met my boyfriend now, We've been together for nearly five years, but he's been through it all with me from actually when I shaved my head and any other health things throughout the years that we've had together. He was fully accepting of it. I told him on our first date. He's actually the only guy that I've told in person, anyone else that I was talking to before him. I told online or I said, oh, look at my Instagram. It's all on there. I never actually told them in person. Yes, that's one thing we have very special, is that I told him and I could see his reaction and it was nothing but care and wanting the best for me. And even then he said that he can't imagine me with hair. He already sees me bald. He's completely so past the hair. So, yeah, I think it's just there's always someone out there that will get it and will love you and care for you as you are and you don't need to change for them. I mean, it was... boyfriend as well that he actually shaved his head Uh, gosh it would would have been about five years ago and he did it it for cancer awareness so all the money went to uh, a charity but he said his hidden meaning behind it was to show me that going bald isn't the be all and end all like you're still beautiful you can still do everything else so that was his way of telling me that I'm beautiful just the way I am kind of thing so yeah and then Funnily enough, three months later, I actually braved the shape myself and took control of my alopecia and buzzed the rest off. He did it for me as well, with my mom and my sisters and my dad all there. But in in terms of dating, there's always gonna be a few frogs, unfortunately. But they'll slip away and then you'll find the one eventually so it's just one of those some are grown up some are still immature
1: yes you've got to kiss a lot of frogs haven't you <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so how do you see the future oh, well
0: well i'd hope that you know i'm still raising awareness alopecia, and that it's just more accepted you know like i do hope that everyone that does have a f- physical Difference in their appearance is just naturally accepted and it's not seen as something strange or different in society. It's just the norm for everyone to embrace their uniqueness. People put a label on things too much and people judge too quickly. A lot stemmed from social media, like that's a massive, massive influence. But I hope that kind of ch- turns to a positive of like you know, influence yourself to do more, rather than influence yourself to be like other people. Yeah, I just hope it becomes more celebrated to be different, and people accept people much quicker and easier than um, staring and judging and having an opinion, because no one's opinion matters apart from your own about yourself.
1: Yeah. What would you say influences you to have a positive mindset?
0: Ooh. I think just the not knowing, which is a very strange answer, but I think not
1: knowing what's going to
0: happen, I think it's, like, it is the point of, like, you do only live once, you know? So just enjoy it. Like, don't take things too seriously. Unless it's, like, an interview, then please take it seriously. But otherwise you know like just have fun like don't beat yourself up over the tiniest spot on your face because it's going to be gone next week so it's you know just be in the moment which even i tell myself all the time when i'm on my phone too much i'm like gosh just be in the moment like enjoy the sun i know you don't like getting burned but just yeah um but i think what influences me to keep positive is actually just knowing that the stories I'm telling about my alopecia and the awareness I'm making will eventually reach someone that needs to hear it. And that drive that, you know, someone out there is going to benefit from what I'm saying uh, and what I'm preaching about self-love and, yeah, being influenced by yourself.
1: And finally if there's someone that's just listened to this as i'm sure a will be lots of people listening what would you say is the one thing that you want them to take away from having listened to our conversation <sighs> Goodness that, i know i know you you've had you've yeah. said a lot of amazing things but like what's the <laughs> biggest thing I, I have always said that
0: everything happens for a reason and kind of just go with it you know there's a reason behind everything as dark as it may seem um you'll come out of it a- like a better person you would have learned something even if you fail it's not a failure because you've learned something from that but in terms of uh, health wise and how you look embrace how you look don't compare yourself to others because there's no point and we are our biggest critic so don't be so awful to ourselves you know say nice things say nice things in the mirror uh, because that'll start your day off positive
1: yeah that is, that is very important self-affirmations all that jazz always (laughs) always (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today faith oh thank you for having me it's been lovely to actually have a proper conversation and i'm sure we'll be doing something together properly as well oh 100 yeah I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Faith. I mentioned it to her when we were recording, but I probably cut most of it out so I didn't sound too gussy. (laughs) But it's honestly been so incredible from a distance to watch her grow in confidence and now be absolutely beaming and shouting a message of alopecia loud and proud. We would really love to hear from you. Feel free to get in touch and follow us. At FreshRB CIC on the socials or visiting our website www.freshRB.com. I've been Ellen and I hope that you have a wonderful day.